Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 14, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I'm chatting with Sandeep Lally, the president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. The business community in Calgary is thriving, and there's always the opportunity to join and grow within it, as Sandeep explains in her interview. Our city has so many possibilities and resources for potential business owners, all the way up to CEOs of successful multinational companies. Through her own experience and story, as well as the work with the Chamber, Sandeep shares her insight into navigating the business economy and her advice for entrepreneurs. Let me introduce Sandeep Lally. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here today with Sandeep Lally. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So do you want to give a brief introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm a mother, a daughter, a wife, all that. And what I happen to do is I'm the CEO and president of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Let's go back a little bit before we get into what you do now. Um, Where did you grow up? What did you do for school? Sure. I grew up in Edmonton. Uh, I'm an Oilers fan. Grew up with Gretzky and five (laughs) Stanley Cups. So that's my short abbreviated. (laughs) And so that defines how I see the world. Very optimistically, glass half full. And then I went to school there. I went to Nate out of uh, high school. I played basketball in high school. Then I played in women's league, so basketball is my sport. But hockey, just as a result of being there. So I'm a big sports fan. Um, Anything, and I would say more so now a sports junkie around um, playoff time. And then um, I went to Nate, and then I went and got my CMA. Uh, certified management accountant, went to U of A in between, and then I moved to Calgary in 97. And then I got my CMA designation, and I was with a large multinational who moved me to the U.S., and then that was that, and my story became Agriculture Deep. So I worked for a large uh, uh, agriculture company based out of the U.S., and they moved us around a fair bit, and then I was most recently with that same company in Singapore and then I came back to Calgary. Cool, that's awesome. Um, what have you learned from doing business in other countries that you've brought back to to Calgary? Oh, it's, I mean, phenomenal experience. I would say the best learning was the fact that we are way more the same than we are different and if we focus on that and be collective about that focus and be clinical about that focus, great things happen. Right, that's super cool. What was your favorite city to live in? Or is it Calgary now that you're here? Or is it Edmonton because you love the Oilers? <laughs> favorite city to live in? Yeah, like, okay, so place. favorite country is favorite Canada. Country. Okay. Favorite country is Canada. My heart's at peace in Canada. Um, city-wise, I mean, you can't go wrong with Chicago. Like, you just can't go wrong with Chicago. It's a big sports town. And um, just the, the buzz I just it's just quite enjoyable and then Singapore I would say and then yeah then the list goes from there yeah, but yeah awesome. but country-wise we we take it in spades yeah that's understandable <laughs> um, so you've been a business leader for over 10 years what has been the most challenging part of your career as a CEO as a CEO or it's, as a business leader as a oh yeah I'm glad you said 10. I've been working for a heck of a long time, so I feel young when you say that. Um, I would say that the biggest challenge or the biggest thing is like it's super lonely. And so share and be vulnerable and continue to develop a shared mindset with those around you. That's the only way to go. 
otherwise it's super lonely. Right. And have you had any limitations being a woman growing in the business industry? I have not. And I would say I haven't because it's been very um, open in the sense of uh, like both male and female leaders having helped out and navigated, uh, coaching me, things like that. I would say I wouldn't, I say no just because I know there are deeper struggles for, for, for women. And so I'm not naive to that. And I do definitely want to pay it forward. I went through the system as the system was in the sense of corporate career. This is, this is how it goes and you navigate and people were helping me navigate. I had advocates, I had mentors. So I try to pay that forward. And so I'm very open about what I went through and what, it, what good looked like and what di- good didn't look like. There were definitely times when I was like, I feel like I'm getting set up to fail. Or, you know, coming back in, like coming back into Canada, that was quite eye-opening because it, I was, it was a bit of a blindside to me thinking, whoa, I'm actually feeling like a female leader here, whereas I hadn't actually felt like a female leader in my other roles. So I don't know what that need for definition is up here, but I didn't feel like that in other roles. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, And so in April, it was April that you became the president, right? So um, what has that transition been like into the new role? Oh, it's been fantastic. Uh, People have been really welcoming and open. Uh, I haven't really come across a lot of judgmental uh, pieces in the sense that well, hey, you didn't go to school here, you're from Edmonton, then you left us and you went over there. You know, people haven't been very judgmental about my background. They've been embracing about that. I like the fact that this is the role that came to be for me when I was looking for a new role, just because it's a chance to change the narrative that is the business community and get ourselves back into that uh, tone of where people want to come and invest in Calgary. Right. And do you want to just give a little bit of information about what the Chamber of Commerce does in Calgary for the people that don't know? Oh, absolutely. We are a purpose-driven organization, and our purpose is to build a business community that nourishes, powers, and inspires the world. That's all we're doing. And we are doing nourish, power, and inspire because that's a level up and inclusive of the whole business community so you can see yourself in it. We have 12, 13 sectors here. And it's, again, just like how I introduce myself, right? Like I'm a mother, a daughter, you know, a wife, that kind of thing. And I happen to work in this role. Well, it's the same thing for the business community. We are Nourish, Power, Inspire. And then I happen to work in ag or natural resources, health sciences, or technology. Inspire really pulls all that in so that people, when they come into the business community as business professionals, they feel like, part of a community that has actually got their back and is moving things forward for them and they'll challenge where they can't they'll amplify the voice where needed that that's what we want right well i feel like calgary comes together really well as a community we do well when there's opportunity for community um what advice would you give to business owners who are navigating the calgary economy Well, I'd say come join the tent. It's grow time. That's our call to action, our rally cry for the business community to come join the tent. Because like I say, it's lonely. And so everything that you can do to be open and show up and contribute, you should do that. 
We're a very small community considering the places I've been. We're a million two people. And then the whole country is less than the state of California. Like it's, we need to be able to get on the same page and stay on the same page and have perseverance to get things across the line. Right. Um, and so Small Business Week just wrapped up. Yes. Um, so do you want to touch on that a little bit um, and what it means for entrepreneurs and what other programs that people can come to you or to the community? Yeah, sure. Small Business Week was a huge success. So I have no barometer from the one before, so it was huge. <laughs> but then you look at the numbers and the math and twice as many people went through our expo than they did last year. And the feedback we got was commerce was happening, business to business transactions, qualified leads were happening. It was inspirational. We had two entrepreneurs that shared their story, shared their challenges, and specifically shared about how they scaled their companies. Because that's one of the challenges we have here in Calgary is companies get to a certain size and they don't know how to scale up. So you're at 88 people and three products. How do I go to Saskatchewan and 140 people or 102 people, whatever that is, and another location, how do I scale? And so they talked about that and that that got really good feedback. And then we capped it off um, with a gala, small business uh, awards. And it's the, the Calgary Chamber puts that on and that's we vet, we do the whole thing it starts early in june july in more july and then we vet it out judges the whole thing like it's very independent and people want these awards there's eight categories it's quite coveted and the buzz in that room was like there's nothing this group can't do and that was great feeling so all of that was sort of a culmination of celebration of what small business is and small businesses are like 500 and less employees so we got to be careful there there's nothing small like they right. could have three people but you could have something you know substantially larger and complex and so that all came in and then celebrated but all of that stuff is just the stuff we do through the year and the programs that we have are like ignite it's a program it's about design thinking it's helping entrepreneurs take a product and go and do a business canvas and a value proposition canvas and, and then test it out with customers and then actually commercialize it. We've had some really good success with that. We've had um, some companies go into $100 million deals as a result. And I was just like, fantastic. That's And that's a program we have here at the Chamber. And so that's really helpful for uh, businesses and entrepreneurs. The other ones we've got are... Uh, CEO perspectives. So back to that piece about shared mindset. So this is a table, a couple of tables we've put together where CEOs can get peer mentoring and perspectives. Perspectives is an international program, and we have in-house facilitators that are trained to do that, and so we deliver that. And then Gen YYC, and that is future leaders focused. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, there's so many different opportunities for people. Um, and what advice would you give entrepreneurs are just starting off they have an idea they have a side hustle what advice would you give them who want to start their business full-time I would say find a mentor and um, find an advocate and come into the tent because there are tons of people here that are willing and to for free for a cup of coffee share their story with you help you navigate um, and don't don't try and go at it alone and the side hustle piece great whatever fills your your boat with that 
But at some juncture, you're going to have that point of uh, conviction, which one way or the other. And there'll be, there are people in this tent, in this business community, that will help you uh, navigate through that. So you just don't do it yourself. But the key thing is, don't shut yourself down. Right. Um, and when people go for coffee with these mentors, what kind of questions do you think are like the best to ask? I think the question from a, so having been a co-founder, I can tell you one of the first things that kind of goes through your mind, and, and maybe this is where men and uh, women differ. I don't know. You kind of go through and you say, security. Okay, am I going to lose the house? Am I going to be able to put food on the table? Am I going to you know? And then, so don't be shy to ask those questions. Don't be shy to say, okay, I got to, and, and, uh, and one of the mentors or other folks will be able to tell you that too. They'll be like, this is how you got to make sure you take care of yourself and lock that down and then go. And then you're going to understand the appetite for risk you have. Because once you understand your risks, which are food on the table or I want to take a holiday, there are things you will not be able to do when you're starting a company. And sooner you realize that at the beginning, the better off it goes. So one of our uh, keynotes last week at the at Small Business Expo had said, you know, it was great. It was great because our husbands had jobs. And then one of the recipients of one of the awards had said, you know, the husband was doing the entrepreneur piece, the wife was working part-time in it, but she had a day gig, and she thanked that employer because that allowed to provide them security. I think that's one of the first things that entrepreneurs should ask is and be ready to talk through because once you have that settled then your head is settled and you clear up that space to be able to actually create right yeah and like you said have the security that it's okay if you might fail or it takes longer yeah exactly in your business because yep. you have the money yeah yeah um and so you mentioned at the beginning that you don't define yourself by your job um so how do you find a work-life balance do you believe in work-life balance? I don't, <laughs> um, because I think you, you can you can spin your wheels trying to do that. I believe in blending your life and work. I I, I like if there's a day I can work from home and I'm just doing calls, I'm gonna go do that. I'm bl- I'm still working, but I'm at home. I'm so I'm a little bit more perhaps at peace or something. I don't know, right? And it helps. Or I'm at home to receive whatever. Like my daughter's coming home from school great my life's blended right but if I had chalked that up and said every day I'm here to here doing this then I'm going to go do that your heart and your mind don't work that way so why am I forcing that and so that was definitely a learning over my career but no I don't think you can your body by nature is out of balance so why are we forcing balance to it right and that that's where I come from right I like that the more people I ask that run businesses and that's everyone's answer. There's, oh, like, cool. there's no work-life balance. You just have to figure out what works best for you. Right. Yeah. And it's not right or wrong. Right. Like, and I don't think people should feel guilty or apologize for any of it. Everybody's approach works for them, and, and they should do that, and we should, be, we should honor that. Right. Yeah. Um, and what do you do to disconnect or you watch sports? No, I don't, I don't actually watch. I don't watch know if that's relaxing or not. But. No, I, actually, I, I, I'll uh, I'll watch playoffs uh, yeah. to be fair. But um, I play ball. I'll just shoot hoops. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I golf more than a lot of people know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you live in a city where you only can really golf like. 
that's okay i get it (laughs) (laughs) no it's funny somebody told me that like just it's good to because i was um consulting for a bit and and i got a hole in one and they're like luckily you didn't get that when you were gainfully employed i think when you're consulting you're still gainfully employed i'm like well why is that they're like well you never want to out golf the chairman or whoever like oh yeah that's true you're like now i'm the president i can all out golf everybody (laughs) well not my board (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, throughout your career and your life, uh, did you have a failure or a challenge that came up that seemed detrimental at the time, but really helped push your success or move forward? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, I moved from the protein business into the capital markets business. I'd not been in the capital markets business, so <laughs> I'm like, I know beef and I know protein and I know operations. Um, what is this trading business? And so I'm like, oh, what have I done? You know, it was, and what happened was I got, got from um, Texas where we were in the protein business to Chicago. And in that first week, I started like a Tuesday and Friday, the SEC showed up, the Securities Exchange Commission showed up and I was like, what just happened here, <laughs> right? And so you're, man, I tell you, like you learn a ton and my, aptitude for for learning and diving in was just accelerated like I was looking back on it I was like whoa you know you got to learn all the terminology the trade flows and and reason I they had picked me to go do that role was more my leadership skill not my technical skill but yet in the first week I'm addressing a highly technical issue and it took so then I was the lead on that and then I became and I had to take get a I had to do a test. You had to have like about six months window to do your series licensing. So you have to be licensed with the SEC. So I did that. Um, but it took me a year to get the Chicago Board of Trade and um, the Securities Exchange Commission to get us off reporting. And, you know, when you like unpack it, we had made a serious error. So rightly so, but right. you never want to be on the SEC's watch list. Right, especially your first week on the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and they do those surprise visits, apparently. I found that out. And then I found out that haircuts have multiple meanings. So, yeah, it was, I and I just thought, oh, man, this is where it's going to end. They're going to ship us back to High River. Like, right. That's it. This is what's going to happen. But, no, um, man, it turned out that that actually was the job that propelled everything because that took took the career global. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, last question. Can you recommend a tool, a resource, a book, or a podcast to our listeners that has impacted you or that you're currently reading? Oh, so fa- <laughs> so, so a book? A book or I No, like, I'll, I'll give you a book and a okay. podcast. Yes. Factful by Hans Rawling. Like, 100% hands down, the best read. It's, like, it's, uh, it's game-changing. Level one to level four. Uh, income, not talking about wor- the worlds as uh, developing and underdeveloping, and I actually had that as a personal experience. I was in a, in Asia, and they're like, "What do you mean developing economy?" I'm like, "There's like, there's nothing developing about us." I'm like, "You're right." And then fat that would that was like 2006, and then I just finished this book actually on the plane yesterday, um, and I was like, "That's crazy." That 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 that's a. And I had started that book a couple months ago, so I've been sort of putting it in. But it and it hones in on your ability to be clinical, and and I just and I 
I thrive on clinical, so that's great. And then the podcast is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Pull the Goalie. That's uh, I had come across that or like Marchish, but um, now I just it, it's just just way more relevant right. in what I do today. So yeah, that's awesome. Those are my recommendations. I will link them below so everyone cool. can, can listen and read them. Uh, and then so, maybe Malcolm Gladwell will do a podcast. With yeah, you. if he's listening or anyone knows yeah. him, yeah. <laughs> Call me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pay it forward to Canada. <laughs> yeah. um, so that is the end. Um, thanks so much for sitting down and explaining your story and your advice. Um, yeah, no, thank you. This is fantastic. And I like the work that you're doing and the reach that you're getting. So anything you want to come back and have a conversation or something like that, or you want to connect us to connect you, that's what we do here. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks.